hello, hello, and welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, 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 and welcome back, beautiful people, to the All In No Limits podcast. You already know where you're always going to find me, your girl, your pusher, your number one motivator and hype man, Sharani Vaughn. You already know what we came to do. That is to push us to into our greatest potential, the best version of who we are. And today, you guys, I have a special co-host. And I'm super, super excited. She's a great friend of mine from way back when. <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. You hear me? And I just want her to give her a time and opportunity to present who she is and let you guys know all of the things that she do. She has so many things that she is, like, standing on top of that I'm so proud of her. And I'm praying for her success in everything that she do. But she is absolutely beautiful. I watch her. Um, and you should watch her, too. Go to her uh social medias that she give you and just watch and see what she can assist you with. Um, introduce yourself. What up, y'all? This is super dope to be here with Sharon today. I am Janisha Mickens Ingram, also known as your happy therapist. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. What does that mean for you? It means that you have someone that may look like you, can relate to you, and that you can come to different levels of entities of your, your basic needs, like maybe it's individual therapy, maybe it's trying to learn how to pass a licensure exam, mm-hmm. also do mentorship, entrepreneurship. So that means that, hey, therapy is not just for going for, oh, I have a fucking problem. Right. It's really about, hey, I need this business to get off the ground and it's a stressor. So I kind of break the stigma of what therapy looks like, and I have different levels of how we can attack those goals, whether it's mentorship, learning how to pass the exam, or entrepreneurship startup. Oh, my God. So, so you guys, we are in for a treat because I'm excited. That just excited me because I didn't even think outside the box like that. Yeah, got to. We often don't realize all the areas and spaces that we could go to therapy for. Like, who mm-hmm. knew? Like, starting up a business. We talked about business ventures in season one and how it can be hectic and how sometimes you want to mm-hmm. throw in a towel and you want to give up, but you want to keep pressing and you want to. And that becomes overwhelming. And sometimes we can be so overwhelmed with life and business and children and family and just mm-hmm. self that we start to spiral out of control. But there's a way to juggle and balance things. Mm-hmm. And therapy, I feel, is like one of the number one things that benefits so many people that mm-hmm. utilizes it or in an effective way. Because I don't think every some people just do it just to do it, not mm-hmm. to really get the help um, or not utilize the help. You know how they say it, the word works if you use it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like therapy works if you use it. Right. Are going to therapy for intention. So one of the um, clientele, so I, I have a clientele niche show. It's a called a clientele avatar or your ideal client. And so one of my ideal clients for me personally, because I have a group practice, is that the clients that I see are the elite high achievers. So these are the individuals who are maybe a W-2, but they have goals to be an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and have their own job. Are they an NFL player? Are they, you know, a corporate America high ceiling uh, person? So these individuals come with regular issues, but then at the same time, they're a high caliber person. Mm -hmm. So they need someone who understands that, Yes, I still work, but I still am all these other things, and I help them bring that all together without the fear of, oh, I'm in therapy, and it's going to get leaked out. So it's kind of like a blacklist. Like, mm-hmm. those are the clientele that 
uh, kind of attract to me and that we work really well together so those individuals don't have to worry about the conflict of interest and not being able to be the best version and be judged like oh you still work no i still work too mm-hmm. i still got a w2 i go to therapy too right. you know so i'm very transparent with these clients so therapy is not like it used to be back in the day and it's only based on our ancestors and our parents perception right. of what therapy is it's totally right. different right so what do you think is the reason why most people don't choose to go to therapy because I know you were talking about the stigma and, and how our ancestors viewed it and mm-hmm. even just how a lot of social media presents it mm-hmm. why do you think that most people deny going to therapy and getting the help that they need because I realize when people don't get the help they they continue in the hurt they continue in the pain mm-hmm. they continue in the trauma and not only that they bleed on other people and then they become mm-hmm. a hindrance to society and to themselves and to the people around them so in order to avoid that why do you think don't even get the help like what's what's going it's on it's fear the fear of being better mm. you know oh i'm so think about about it as being in a relationship okay. Every, have you, i'm sure you've been in a toxic relationship before right and it's so easy because you know what's going to make this person tick so i know how to maneuver in this toxic relationship right. i don't know how to maneuver in healthy relationship so that's scary right. so i'm gonna stay with what i know and so the fear of getting out of the norm is what prevents people to stay where they are. But then it's also the connotative people in the background, like, what you going to go therapy for? Oh, you can have, you got God. Yes, I do have God, but you can have God in therapy. Yes. You can have Buddha in therapy. Like, mm-hmm. whatever your faith is, you can have all Both. of those things. Yeah. That's just like, you go to build a bear, build you a nigga, build you a bitch, build you a community, right. build you a you first. Right, right. And so that's what I teach clients like when you come in leave all that stigma behind and let me show you what it is so you can come up with a new definition so we have to redefine what we want and go look for it so if you want a particular experience there's a therapist that will give you that experience Mm -hmm. so if you're not going to settle for this job or for this dude why are you going to settle for something that's not working for you i like that but my question is that is such a good point but how do you how do you find the right therapist because mm-hmm. and I'm saying this is a question for myself because when I told you the experience of when parents passed away and mm-hmm. I'm like okay I'm gonna exhaust every possibility to heal mm-hmm. I'm gonna figure this thing out whatever mm-hmm. it is I'm gonna you know give it to God for one I'm gonna mm-hmm. pray I'm gonna wake up I'm gonna read inspirations I'm gonna write mm-hmm. in my journal and I'm gonna find a therapist found a therapist through uh Kaiser um and I didn't feel like I'm like this I don't feel like this is working for me the connection. And, and not even that. It's just that she kept telling me, like, well, you're doing everything that I would tell you to do. Well, tell me something else, ma'am, because mm-hmm. I need to, like, what am I doing here? Like, mm-hmm. and she was like, well, Sharon, you're not manic, and I don't need to see you every week or even every month. And I'm like, so you, you want me to talk to myself? Like, I didn't know if what she was saying was, I'm like, well, is there anybody else I can talk to? Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? Like, and so I didn't, it's not that I didn't feel just the connection. I just felt like I was just been been pushed to the side the interventions wasn't aligned and so one it's so funny because the first thing that i tell my clients when they come for a consultation is look if the shoe is not working fire me i'm not forcing no relationship right it's okay to fire your therapist and what i mean by that is i'm not saying fire me because i'm challenging you don't fire me because it's hard fire me because it's not a good fit so that entity you should have said you know what this is not working for me and I'm going to revisit. Can you refer me to somebody else? Mm-hmm. 
you know. But one thing when you're looking for a therapist or a clinician or a coach, because it's different mm-hmm. between a mentor, a coach, and a um, what is it? The life coach things. They're totally different. Right. My license holds me accountable for your life at some point. Right. A coach does not. A coach, we can do anything. We can break rules. We can break regulations. So know what you're looking for. So are you looking for someone that is at a a standard of holding my life accountable and that they can't break rules? Or do I want the breaking rules? So when I look for a therapist for myself, I didn't want somebody that I had to hide the true me from Mm -hmm. because I'm a therapist. Because people are like, oh, you're a therapist. You should know. Like, oh, you're doing that? Or you feel that way? Yes, I feel this way. My feelings are valid. So you list out the things you want for a therapist. Mm -hmm. You ask them, what modality are you coming from? Are you a solution focused? Are you a, I'm going to tell you what to do type of therapist? Because number one, I'm not going to ever tell you what to do. I'm going to lead you to the way because you know the answers. She was right when she said, you're doing everything right, but it's not working for you. So what aren't you doing? Let's let's look at these different avenues. And sometimes they just don't have those things or maybe they're just burnt out. Mm -hmm. They can't see you every week because they don't have enough to kind of recycle and try to be creative to figure out those things. So you're never the problem as far as wanting to fire a therapist because the connection is right. So I just say go on psychology today, contact Kaiser. Kaiser is going to set you up with whoever is available. That is a fact. So if I put in Kaiser Portal, I got five availabilities, guess what? I don't know who I'm getting. They don't know who I'm getting, you know. But the cool thing about it is that you can do your research on the therapist before you see them. Mm. So if you don't align with what they're saying in their bio, what you showing up for? And I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So um, because even recently I went, I saw a new therapist. um, And I'm just, I think midway I was just, I was like, I don't really look forward to talking to you again. And she was like, well, you know, uh, Kiran, you're, 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 you're doing well. And I was like, yeah, I know I'm doing well because consciously I'm taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Like mentally, physically, emotionally, I'm very aware of myself and what I need and what mm-hmm. I want. Um, and I'm not saying I want to force myself to go to therapy like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, you just have to. But I feel like it, to me, I feel like it, it can benefit in some shape, form, What are you going to therapy for? Um, Well, they feel like, well, I feel like I just wanted to be able to, because for me, I like to talk about the things that I'm dealing with and going through, and I like to talk about it out loud, but I normally talk to myself about it. Okay. And I would rather talk to someone else about it. And then sometimes I just want to, I need to be able to navigate through the things that I'm doing because I'm doing so much Mm -hmm. when it comes to business, when it comes to school, when it comes to work. I'm, like, juggling so many things, Mm -hmm. and sometimes it can become overwhelming. So for me, I've learned to, you know, adapt to positive coping mechanism and finding mm-hmm. balance in that and learn how to step back and breathe and, you know, and do different things. But I'm like, I felt like maybe I just need to talk to someone. So that's the, that's the thing. When you go into therapy, you already intentionally know, know what you need. So mm-hmm. all the time we do what we call an assessment in the beginning, right? Especially Kaiser, their assessment out, right? So one of the things that we ask you is, what is it that you're coming to therapy for? What is it that you need? Mm-hmm. I'm the type of therapist and I know a lot of other therapists may not be like this, but your presented problem is I need you to be my trash can. Mm. I need you just to listen, to take heed of what I'm saying so that when I get off this call, I feel better. I have so many clients that be like, all right, so are you going to fire me now because I, I feel better? No. What is it that you need? What's the problem? 
Well, I just need somebody to vent to because guess what? Your partners is not your venting people mm-hmm. all the time. Right. You don't want to talk to yourself all the time. You want that biofeedback. Yes. You want that, okay, non-judgmental presence. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to tell you necessarily what to do. I'm here to give you what you need. And now if I say, oh, well, have you tried this? That's just me trying to challenge you to figure out other ways to go about your issues. Right. Or, or your dumping ground, sorry. So just go in knowing like, hey, this is the type of therapist I need. I need somebody that I can vent to every day without any of, oh, you don't need me right now. Go in like that. But I want to talk to him every day. No, Well, not every once a week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I don't talk to so him one of the day. things that I also do is I have an a open text policy, mm-hmm. open voice notes. So a lot of times, and it's for that reason especially, because a lot of my clients, they are thriving. But then we still have what we call, like, well-dressed lies. Like, mm-hmm. we present, like, I'm always presenting, like, oh, yeah, I'm the happy therapist. Everybody knows me as the happy therapist because my 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 demeanor is mm-hmm. always happy. Right. But when I go to therapy, I'm not happy all the time, and I, I, I need that outlet. And so what I tell her is I let my clients vent to me on the phone even if I don't respond because it makes them feel better. Mm-hmm. And I'm not necessarily taking on that burden, but I'm allowing them a trash can because right. that's what they want. Right. They don't want me to give them solutions. They just want to vent about this heifer at work that <laughs> just got on their damn nerves and they just wanted to get off the chest. And guess what? Their depression or anxiety decreases immediately. Mm-hmm. The dopamine yep. releases. Yep. Like, I feel better just fact. because I showed up for myself. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. And I utilized a coping skill that you gave me, which was just, hey, put it in my phone. I got you. No problem. If I need to respond, I will. But if I don't, I tell them in the beginning. I set the rules. Look, I'm, I may respond and I may not. Don't feel like I'm dissing you. Don't feel like I'm rejecting you. It's just I'm teaching you a way to get your shit off so mm-hmm. that you can feel better right. in the moment. Right. Right. Because most of the time I, 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 I vent to Sharon. I just be like, look, let's go in the car and have a talk. And I talk to myself. And sometimes that's the way that I, I've learned to get through a lot mm-hmm. of things. Even when situations you know we make mistakes and i'd be like well we knew better mm-hmm. um why did you do that let's not do that again let's mm-hmm. figure out a better way to handle this situation and when we do this let's figure out a better way to handle you know because that's not going to work for us right. so that's how i usually do it um i'll have to talk to myself because i feel like i don't want to burden other people with things that i'm dealing mm-hmm. with and going through all the time now i know that i have people that we could vent to and we could talk to and it just me just being realistic, I tell people, you know, sometimes I think it's only respectful that you ask your friends or your family or whoever it is that you vent to all the time. Do you have the capacity to take mm-hmm. this in? Because how unfair is it for you to always be the dumping ground? Like, and mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes I had to get to the point where I stopped answering everybody's call. I had mm-hmm. to, you know, because I realized my overwhelmness come from because I'm carrying my stuff and everybody else's stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like I don't have space and room to take care of Sharon because I'm taking care of everybody else. That so is that's, 100%. That's fast. when I had to get to the point where I'm like, no. And people don't like no. And people don't mm-hmm. like distance. And people don't like when you set boundaries. And people don't like when you mm-hmm. set standards. But I had to realize that that's necessary for me. Mm-hmm. And what's necessary for me because I need to be the best version of me so that I can be the best to who all those. Because I feel like well, who I am, I project that. If I'm happy, I project that. If mm-hmm. I'm at peace, I project that. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have that, then I can't project that. And Absolutely. I don't want to 
I, you know, I don't want to give off my anger and my frustration and all my irritation because I am not taking care of me. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn to deal with the disappointment of telling people no. Mm-hmm. And I had to stop feeling guilty for saying, hey, I can't come. Mm-hmm. Hey, I can't show up. Because sometimes you need a mental health day and sometimes you just want to just do you and you want to worry about you and you want to mm-hmm. invest in you and you want to deposit all of this stuff into you. And sometimes you got to stay away from the crowd to do that. So it took me, like this is what, and this is over my two-year journey. And I, I just posted something today because it was, I consciously said two years ago after everything happened with Terrence, I was like, oh, you need to heal. You got so mm-hmm. much stuff to heal from. And when I started that, I started healing from childhood trauma, mm-hmm. things that I didn't even know that was still triggering me, that was still mm-hmm. attached to me. That, And I had to face it. And I had to look at it like, oh, my goodness. I didn't know that I was still carrying mm-hmm. that. I didn't know that that's what triggers me every time I do this or mm-hmm. see this or hear that. And then it, I had to learn. And be mm-hmm. okay to vocalize that out loud. Mm-hmm. I think that is the biggest woo moment. Yep. Because I know when – so I've only – I've been licensed. I don't say only because – I'm going to put some respect on my license. (laughs) (laughs) So I've been licensed for three years, but my journey with therapy started at a very young age. Mm -hmm. Like I was introduced to it by my grandmother, but it really didn't start being in effect until I got into school for therapy. I went to school because my friend told me to go. She said, let's go get our master's. I'm like, bitch, you didn't even want to go do your BA. I helped you with your BA. Why are we going to get a master's and what we're going for? So this was my people-pleasing phase, right? Uh-huh. I was always like, whatever you need, I'm there. Not mm. saying that I didn't want a higher education, but right. it wasn't my own thought. Right. And so when I got into the program, she never showed up. My friend Tia never showed and we laughed to this day. And I'm like, I'm so grateful for that moment because from that moment, I learned that my daddy issues was the reason kind of why like, I got into a marriage. I learned how to do boundaries i had a season of yes i had a season of i don't give a fuck i'm selfish i became selfish so i can be selfless and right now i'm selfless because i'm so able to pour into everybody else because i took that season of going to school mm-hmm. setting my boundaries wrote a whole book their fire ain't your fire Come to teach me how to set these boundaries in the world that was created based on other people's expectations to show up for them Mm -hmm. and get mad because you can't, right? And so that journal alone has enabled me to push it out to my clients and has helped my clients create these boundaries to show that, okay, I can say no because when I say yes, I don't have to explain to you. So when I say no, why I got to explain to you now? At all, man. I don't have to explain my no's to you, right? And it's going to hurt because sometimes we just want to show up for people. But I think in the season of this new uh, finding our self-love is so amazing because when you start loving yourself, you're less, you desensitize from the world of, of oh, you shouldn't be this way. Mm. But yes, I can. I, I can be selfish. I can take myself on a date. I can love me because then I'm going to be able to love you even better. But I'm not going to be feeling rejected when you are not able to show up for me. And I talk about that all the time on the show. I talk about how self-care, I did a whole episode on just self-care. Um, and I think it's so important that we take time out to do for us. And I tell people all the time, take yourself on a date. It don't have to be nothing big. Mm-hmm. I take myself to happy hour, and I sit, and I drink, and I eat, and I write in my journal. I read my book. Or I just enjoy mm-hmm. a game or something. I'm like, I go to the beach. I go to the super range. Like, I just, I have me days where mm-hmm. it's just to run. Mm-hmm. Now, that when I do that, it helps restore me to be able to give people more because 
I tell people I'm not willing to give you what I don't have anymore. Mm. I'm not willing to deplete me to fill you up anymore. I'm not mm. doing that. Now, when I overflow, you can have. Right, right. But when I'm halfway full, I'm going to go back to me and I'm going to mm-hmm. let God restore me and I'm going to get back to me because I don't want to half-ass nothing. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to give people half love, half mm-hmm. truth, half support, half commitment. No, I'm a whole girl. I give mm-hmm. you 100% of me every single time. But there's also going to be times where I need just to be with you. Mm-hmm. And I need you not to be feeling some kind of way about it. And if you do, respectfully, I don't mm-hmm. give a shit. Period. And I had to get to that mindset, though. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my goodness, you're disappointing people. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And I, then I said, well, shit, that's okay. Right. <laughs> it took a minute to get there, though. And because I was like, you know what? If disappointing them makes me happy, I'm okay. Not right. in a bad way, like, oh, I'm just out here to just disappoint people. Mm-hmm. But me saying no to you just to say yes to me, I'm okay with that. Yeah. And and it's not that we don't go back to that, like, damn, should I or could I? Like, you're still going to have those those thoughts and those feelings of, like, minor guilt, but it's not as hard and heavy, mm-hmm. and you're not ruminating on those mm-hmm. things. And I think a lot of times people feel like, oh, your feelings just go away. No, they just get less dim. Like, even with grief and loss, because I know you talked about the grief and loss process, like, when we lose somebody, we never go back to our original happiness. We just learn how to cope better, and the noise gets dim one day. Mm-hmm. Then it's back loud. Then it dims. And and that's the whole circle of just being in the world of feelings. Mm-hmm. So if I'm saying no to you right now, it's because I need to say no. It has right. nothing personal to do to you. And so if you get mad on me, we need to discuss why you're mad. Thanks. Why are you mad that I'm saying no to you now? Because... Was this a fair exchange, a robbery thing, or were you just using abusing my yeses? I come to realize that a lot of people um, are in in certain seasons. And so, say, for instance, you're in a season where you've experienced a loss or mm-hmm. you're broken right mm-hmm. now in some kind of way, mentally, physically, mm-hmm. emotionally. And so you might need me, but I might not mentally be available mm-hmm. or emotionally be available because I might be going through something, too. Mm-hmm. And me not being able to be there with you every every hour, 24-7 mm-hmm. of the day um, might hurt me. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, well, well, I was there with Sharon when she was going, yeah, but Sharon's still going mm-hmm. through something right now. So my thing is, is it okay to really hold that against Sharon simply because Absolutely she can't not. be there for you? Absolutely not. And it's like, but sometimes people are so in a space in themselves and mm-hmm. in, a, in a season in themselves that they overly, I don't know how to say it, but they like, they take their madness and their anger and their frustration to another level as if you just completely did them wrong and you completely let them down. But no, that what that wasn't what I right. was doing. But that's the facts versus the feelings things, right? And I think I posted this yesterday. Expectations equals a conversation, mm-hmm. right? So no, we don't necessarily have to always justify things, but I feel like if you have a healthy relationship with somebody, it's mm-hmm. okay to be like, okay, look, let me explain to you. It's not that I, I don't want to be here for you right now. I just emotionally cannot. I'm at a level three in my life right now. That's the level I'm at. Like, if I had to put it on a, a scale, like, I emotionally cannot even give you anything that I don't but have. But what happens when so, you don't even get the chance to have that conversation? That's not your problem. That's not your fire. Because if our relationship is solid, mm-hmm. like we supposed to be, we can revisit it later. You can go through your facts and feelings right mm-hmm. now and process it with yourself. But at some point, it shouldn't affect our relationship. I should be able to come to you like, you know what? On that day, you kind of hurt my feelings. Like, I'm a real, I used to take, like, days to process what 
what I wanted to say to my husband. Now I process a lot faster mm-hmm. because I'm like, it's not fair to him to hold it on for me so long where I'm kind of like in a space like, oh, I don't really want to do it because I feel this way. But he has no idea. It's not fair. Mm-hmm. So you have to realize what relationship you're in with that person to decide how you're going to maneuver. And you don't have to figure it out right now. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do it right now. That's an expectation. Like, I'm going to meet you where you at. You can be mad at me right now, but right now I don't give a fuck because I'm worried about Shrong. I'm worried about Janisha. Mm-hmm. But I, I see you, and I'm going to revisit it. Now, when we revisit it now, if this shit go right, that means we, we good. If it go left, that means we wasn't solid in the beginning. Because mm-hmm. you should be able to understand the facts versus the feelings. Mm-hmm. We're going to address the facts. You weren't here for me, and I was here for you. Absolutely. I'm sorry about that. My apologies. I couldn't do it. Feelings. All right. They're valid. How can I help you now? How can I be supportive to you now? That's really good. <laughs> and you know what? A lot of people don't know that. I didn't know that at the time. And I'm going to be very transparent and honest because y'all already know I always do that. Um, I was in a situation where um, people that I was close to, mm-hmm. close netted to, people that I thought I could never live without, um, our relationship broke for mm-hmm. a very similar reason. Um, in the time that they needed me, I was there. But they feel like I wasn't there the way that they needed me to be mm-hmm. there. Um, but I only had so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it was our parents passed, uh, and I'm trying to wrap my head around it now. I'm mm-hmm. trying to get on this healing journey. In less than like six months, exactly, my mm-hmm. sister passed, and it was like, mm-hmm. okay, this is new, and everything mm-hmm. just hitting me from different ways. And trying to be there for everyone, as well as trying to be there for yourself, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to take a selfish break, and you have to realize, mm-hmm. look, and but at that time. I couldn't communicate that. It was mm-hmm. like I didn't. I wasn't given the opportunity mm-hmm. to communicate that. Mm-hmm. Like, so if I didn't, I didn't even know how to put it into words. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this is. I'm going through a lot too. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know how because I feel like I just wanted to scream at the top of my lungs. Like, we're all drowning right now. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm literally underwater and I'm trying to catch my breath. Mm-hmm. And you feel like I should be okay because, oh, it's been six months since he passed. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair that you put a time limit on how long I have to. Mm-hmm. And then you don't get a time limit in, oh, you're not there. And I'm like, I've been there. Like, I've literally been there, walk, set, mm-hmm. sit. Like, I don't know what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I have nothing. I mm-hmm. have, like, I. there's nothing I can say to you right now. Mm-hmm. Because right now, I'm like, God, fill me up. God, mm-hmm. fill me up. God, restore me. God, help me. Like, I'm reading books on healing. I'm reading mm-hmm. books on restoration. I'm like, God, lead and direct me because I am broken. Mm-hmm. I am hurt. I am sad. I am in a place that I've never been before. Mm-hmm. And it's overwhelming because it's like, I've lost this person. I lost this person. And I'm losing people mm-hmm. like that. Not That's, the, that are physically here that, are that here. I can't have. And I have to wrap mm-hmm. my head around it and become, become okay with it mm-hmm. and still choose to heal and still choose to live and still choose to go. And not feel so bad about it because, mm-hmm. it, like you said, eventually it fades away. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the guilt and, mm-hmm. and how you feel, it fades away. And now I'm at the point where it's not that I don't give a shit. It's the point where I can't let oh, it bother it me. Worth it. Yeah, I chose me and that's what I need to do at the moment. And I'm so glad. Yeah. And still to this day, I don't regret choosing me. Mm-hmm. I don't regret what happened and how it happened. I wish it could have worked out differently. I wish a conversation mm-hmm. could have been had. But I'm I'm okay, okay. <laughs> right? I'm good with that. 
and and that's ditto too because it's like a lot of expectations and i feel like the world is just full of those things and i Mm -hmm. I feel like the more we learn how to communicate with one another and not saying that 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 relationship conversation can happen because sometimes it takes you know maybe a podcast to happen it's like you know what oh (laughs) damn i can relate to that i wonder what's that conversation about me and it was and it was so what we gonna do yeah but it do fit so let's talk about it let's talk about it i love you but at that moment i hated you but now i understand because i went through the same shit Mm -hmm. that you went through and it takes people to go through a loss of their own to understand after the six months have passed Mm -hmm. and say okay where are you now you know, and it's not the fact that I'm trying to, you know, blame or show you. I'm just trying to show you where I was. Our grief, grieving is different. Like, when my father passed, my grief is totally different from my, my brother's grief that was raised with him. Right. You know, they don't have the resent. They don't have mm. the anger. They don't have the fear. They don't yeah. have the lack of. They have, like, oh, my, my foundation is gone. Shit, mine's been gone. You know what I'm saying? So you can't relate to my grief, and I can't really relate to yours, but I know we're grieving together. So what do we do about it? Right? So I found a way to realize that I'm not worried about your expectations Mm. right now when I can't fulfill my own. You know, I'm expecting myself to be this great person, but I'm empty at the same time. So those conversations, I'm constantly putting emphasis on, what do I value of this person if it's worth me to even subject myself to the rejection, mm. a possibility of not ever being where we was at before or rekindling? But sometimes you have to be okay with not it not being what it was. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes... It will never be, actually. I'm okay with that. Yeah, it will never I've be back. I've even got to the point where, like, and it's been, it was a breath of fresh air, when it, and I'm like, I'm okay for this. Because mm-hmm. I, I love where I'm at right now mm-hmm. and I'll never regret like the peace that I walk in now and the joy and the happiness and people are like you're always happy it's not that I'm always happy but I choose it mm-hmm. I wake up consciously and I take care of me and I come before everything and everyone mm-hmm. me and God we on this we on this thing together so me choosing happiness mm-hmm. you know like on I on fucking choose, purpose like on I purpose. say that all the time I'm like have an amazing day on purpose on purpose on purpose like literally when people call my phone and I'd be like, have a great day on purpose. And when I in, in my little five-minute consultation, they laugh or they be like, oh. And I hear them say it to me now. Like, they be like, have a great day on purpose. Have on a wonderful day. Because if we're not purposely walking in the, the manifestation that we want, mm-hmm. guess what? We're going to always be in that, oh, I'm in the dark space. And, oh, I don't want to come out the closet today. Girl, Mm-mm. we're not promised tomorrow. The second At is, all. like, people are dying left and right. What are you doing? And that's what people don't realize. Because that's why I'm like, I, I choose. You choose it. Well, how do you choose it? You wake up and you consciously choose it. I told people, well, when I was going through, I said, I surround myself with healing. I took off work. Nobody knew I was off work. I took mm-hmm. a whole month off work. Then it's a whole month. And I didn't tell nobody, not my mama, not nobody, because I didn't want people to talk to try to monopolize my time mm-hmm. and fill it with them and stuff. I don't mm-hmm. want to do stuff. I want to heal. And I don't need you to help me heal. I need God. And it's so crazy how we have to sneak around to, to choose us. Like, why do I have to tell you that I'm off work? Why do I have to negotiate my freedom with you? I'm already negotiated with the W-2. Like, I don't need to be binded by mm-hmm. your your privilege to think that you can run my emotions. That's a fact. But some people don't understand that. And so trying to figure out what to do that's best for you, and I, I say this with all sincerity, sometimes, and, it, and I know people might call it selfish, 
I don't consider it selfish. I consider it self-care. But you have to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. You have to stop making decisions based on your life, based on what they think, she think, he think, or how somebody else going to feel. Mm-hmm. Because nobody is responsible for your happiness but you. Nobody mm-hmm. is responsible for your sense of peace of mind but you. You are solely mm-hmm. responsible for everything that happens to you mentally, physically, emotionally. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about what other people do to you. I'm talking about what you do for yourself. Mm-hmm. How you set your boundaries and your standards. That every All of this is so important for you to do for you. And people don't mm-hmm. understand how important it is to take care of you. I don't care if you have children, spouses, whatever. It is mm-hmm. still your job to take care of yourself. I love how you mentioned like all these different entities of our, our of our family right so we we're our son of a whole of a whole right mm-hmm. so we come together and a lot of times because i've been married since 21 mm-hmm. so when you talk about finding yourself and you never knew yourself and getting married like imagine getting married at fucking 21 years old mm-hmm. having a baby everything was like okay so i don't do nothing while without him he don't do nothing without me but then Life happens and shit start happening. And, like, you are an individual, but you're a part of a whole entity, a mm-hmm. whole operation. Right. It's okay to be alone. It's okay to coexist. It's okay to, you know, isolate at sometimes. You don't have to be that person all the time where you're, like, a fucking octopus. Right. Like, we're not the people, we're not meant to be, right. like, this magical person that can do a thousand different things. Right, it's okay to say, okay, I'm a wife, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a program director, I'm a mother, I'm a stripper if I want to be. Come like, on now. I can be all Whatever of that. She wants Whatever she I want to be, like, I can be masculine, I can be feminine, right? I can be all of these things, and it's not because I'm married; it's because I'm an individual that is married, right? And so you have to remember, regardless of what operation that you're in, you have to be an individual first. To add value to any system that's go- that you're going to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So I love that you can, like, identify that. Because a lot of people feel like, like, I felt like, oh, I'm married. I only can do shit with my husband. I, I can't travel. Too. I can't. Girl, my husband probably be like, uh, you going on a vacation again? Yes. <laughs> he walked in on me the other day. I'm booking a trip. But we talked about it. And I was okay with it. And I was like, oh, I wonder if he's good. And then I was like, oh, well, well, if he do, he'll say something because that's what he does. He's like, well, I don't want you to go, but I'm going. You know, and we were at that level of our life where he realizes that I have to be an individual Mm -hmm. because our life works so much better Mm -hmm. when I know who I am and that I'm happy with me being able to be with my friends for four days and me being with him for five days or me traveling or me being able to do these different things. You have to choose you first. But people feel guilty about that still. And I I really want us, I have so many other questions. We're going to get to them. <laughs> we but promise. We haven't. This is I, not how we started it off. I promise you. I ain't asked not one question that was on my list. Everything has just been the flow of things because this is just how it works. When it's supposed to be, right? Right. So what I found out is because I had did a um, podcast. And I can't remember exactly what it was about because I didn't talk about so many things. But I had comments. And people were talking about, um, I was talking about how sometimes you have to turn off all your other hats mm-hmm. and entities mm-hmm. so that you can focus on self. I said, because people feel so guilty. It's that guilt. Oh, my this God. This guilty word. I, I, it, it makes really, you so sick, though. Like, it, 
because everybody oh want to be a super mom and everybody want to be a super dad. And I, oh my God, my kids, my kids, my kids. You are literally giving your kids the bare fucking minimum right now because you have nothing. Nothing you, left. You, you're broken. You're sad. You're mm-hmm. angry. You're frustrated. So you're snapping. You're th- How unfair is it for them to even get that part of you? How it's about not. you take a step back? Turn the mom hat off, even if it's for 10 seconds, 30 seconds, and just breathe and just be a person. Be that individual person. And they were like, but I can't do it. It's hard. You can do it because you're already giving them the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. But I got to be this and I got to do this. It will be okay if that didn't get done right then and there at that very second. And Mm -hmm. some people feel guilty about that. And I was one person that did it because I like things to be in order. Order, order, order. Order, order. But I said, Sharon, if all this shit fall apart right now, and that's okay. I mm-hmm. said, because things are going to fall where they need to. But you mentally and emotionally, you got to get it together mm-hmm. because you want to give the best. And mm-hmm. I always tell you, because people be like, even in um, when we talk about marriage and things, and people be like, you know, it's God, then my husband. I said, not for me. Mm-mm. I said, it's God, Sharon, my husband, and everybody exactly. else. And I said, and the reason why is because as long as I take care of Sharon, they're going to get the best. They're going to get the best. They're going to get the best. <laughs> If I don't take care of me, they not getting the best Mm-mm. because I'm not at my best. Exactly. And that's why it is so important for you to work on you every single day, no matter what season you're in, because we change and we evolve and we grow and we start to glow differently. But mm-hmm. but communicate and be honest and be open with yourself first so that you can be honest and open mm-hmm. with those people that you are connected to. Because if something changed in me, husband, look, guess what? Like, you Girl, know, I need to connect to him and talk you, to him. Because when I was getting my license, I knew, okay, so... I knew that this license was going to change my life, mm-hmm. which ultimately changed everybody's life around me, right? So I told them, I said, look, I'm not going to be available for six months because I know I'm not a good test taker. I said, I got to pass this test on the first go round. I didn't cook. I wasn't fucking as much. I wasn't taking care of my kids. I did like the bare, bare, bare minimum. Right. Like I had to because I said I wasn't a good friend. I was isolated from everybody. If it wasn't about studying, don't invite me. And if you invite me, guess what? I'm bringing my book. Right. I'm going to study until the food get there. And then I'm going to eat and then I'm going to leave. Like, I had strict boundaries because if you don't be selfish and be like, this is what I need to do for me, for us to be great, then guess what? That family is going to fail. That unit is not going to survive because, number one, you're going to have guilt. You're going to have regret. Mm. You're going to... You're going to be envious. You're going to be looking at them like, it's you that made me fail. But no, it was you who didn't balance and choose. Or communicate, that, or you communicate that you needed this from me. Now. So when I tell my husband, I say, look, I can't even think about no other problems. <laughs> right I, say, I don't I don't even want to, if you're doing something that you ain't supposed to, I don't care. Not right now. <laughs> I didn't care. I didn't care what was happening in my life. That was priority to pass that test because that test was, even if the world ended for everybody else, that test was going to make the world survive for me. Come on now. And so that's what was needed. And so I tell my friends all the time, well, why are you doing it then? If you don't have it to give, be, well, but, but, well, when you ready to stop saying but, then you call me. Because you can choose you for however long it takes, as long as you communicate to that to your people around you. Real quick sidebar, y'all. I just want y'all to understand. So she talked about how she's not a good test taker, right? But she is helping people calm shit down still to this day. Period. I just want to make that real clear. Very clear. Because I didn't see some of the testimonies <laughs> on her page of people passing because she is assisting them. So just think, you might 
not be good at something, but God will put you in a position to master it, and then you can help other people do it. Because I, that's just, I'm sorry. And sidebar. that's a that's a hundred percent true. Sidebar. And that uh, that allowed me to like elevate, ever uh, elevate, elevate, girl. Get mm-hmm. the word, elevate, right? To a whole nother level because I said, look, if you pass this test on the first time, bitch, duplicate it and make some money off of it. Period. Help these other clinicians, mainly of color, mm-hmm. because the test is not written for us. So I had to dissect what that looked like for me because I don't learn the same way. Right. And so I had to be creative. And I was like, all right, let's let's do a, a, a prototype on this. And kid you not, pass it on the first time. The, the clinicians that work for me, Took the test prior to coming to me, passed it with Study Right. That's the name of a Study Right. Um, we're on Facebook, so look us up. And we also have StudyRight.com. Uh, look us up on uh, the internet. Let's go. Uh, <laughs> so we're 95% passing Come rate. Come on, 95. 95% <laughs> passing rate. Like, this is that. off of a girl that damn near got a five on her SATs. Come on, now. Like, <laughs> was scared to just have. You know, go into an exam. I had a, a bad relationship with test taking, mindset shift. Like it's totally okay to know that your your strong suit is not test taking. Mm-hmm. But when I changed my mindset, like oh, I just need to learn what they want, and I and I strategize and I made that shit happen. I was like, oh, oh yeah, you can't tell me shit. Yeah, I can pass a test. Now I take tests that I don't even read, and I'm like, okay, what one looks the same? What one don't look the same? That's the answer. Like. <laughs> know these strategies Strategies now now. right so it's super dope to be able to go through these other phases of your life and it it expounds on the other Mm -hmm. ways that you can grow as an individual because i would never i still to this day struggle with teaching people how to pass the exam because i'm like is this really what i want to do because of the fear of knowing that i was not a good test taker Mm -hmm. back in the day but bitch you got 95 percent pass and everybody is still like girl when we having the next course so period thank you for that sidebar (laughs) <laughs> exactly. No, because you know, I think that that's so important. Because every lesson is a lesson, mm-hmm. and I feel like that was a lesson in itself. And I just remember when you said that, I'm like, did she got people passing? Like, oh no, right. wait a minute, right? Okay, moving on to. So we were talking about one of the things I want to hit, um, the importance of, and I know me and you know this, but I need them to know this: the importance of setting boundaries. Um, a few shows ago, I talked to them about setting boundaries and setting standards and not having to explain that to people and the people that really love you and really care mm-hmm. about you will respect your boundaries, will respect your standards, will not question it mm-hmm. because it is a part of who you are. Because some people don't set mm-hmm. boundaries. People don't have standards. Mm-hmm. So they let people walk all over them. They let people do whatever they want to do with them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I went back to even with the self-care. I feel like when you really care about you and mm-hmm. you really stop playing about you, you don't allow people to do certain things to you. And I'm mm-hmm. not just talking about boyfriend, girlfriend, marriage, relationships. I'm talking about any relationship, whether mm-hmm. that's a cousin, friend, sister, brother, whoever. You are not going to allow people to treat you any kind of way or talk mm-hmm. to you any kind of way because you love this too much mentally. Like, you're mm-hmm. not going to allow people to get into your space and to get into your head and mm-hmm. turn and, and distract you from being who you are simply mm-hmm. because, and I feel like w- when I have these conversations with some people, I feel like they don't set boundaries or standards, so they just let people do whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like it puts them in this whirlpool. And then even with them trying to please the world and please everybody and want everybody to be happy, like, why are you putting that much pressure mm-hmm. on yourself when the only person you're supposed to be pleasing and making happy is yourself? 
but let let's like dig deeper, right? Think about it. Where did we learn this this new or this non-boundary having situation from our childhood, mm-hmm. for our, from our upbringing, or the mm-hmm. relationships that we we've witnessed, witnessed, mm-hmm. right? Or we're trauma bound yep. because okay, I can give you an example. So my dad was not an active parent. He wasn't an active present parent. So when I was younger, I used to text him all the time on his, uh, well, page him because he had a pager. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dang, he never will respond back. Like, so I learned anxiety at an early age. So I got anxious. So when I got into relationships, if you didn't call me back, mm-hmm. I'm like, what did I do? What, what did I do? But he also was the type of person who would financially give me anything. Like, mm-hmm. if I call him today, like, oh, can I get some new Jordans? I had all the Jordans. Like, that was a way of showing, oh, I love you in my mind as, mm-hmm. as a young kid. So when I got older, I didn't know boundaries. Like, okay, so do I buy him something to show him that I love him? Or do I, you know, text oh. him again? Do, so I, I learned these things. So we learned, we were conditioned at an early age to have either boundaries or no boundaries. Mm. And so when we get to this age of, okay, this is really not working for me. I'm not really doing it because I like it. I do it because... I like the way it looks on him or makes him feel, but I'm still empty. Or I'm always showing up for my friends, and you know they're not ever showing up for me, or they never text me and say, how are you doing? So the boundary is that I'm showing you that it's okay for you not to be there for me, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a different entity. So how do we create boundaries? We want to know what is in our best interest, and where did this first start? When did you first start having a relationship thinking that, when someone don't call you back, that they're rejecting you. Mm. I learned that from my dad. Okay, so let's talk about that. Right. Tell me what what kind of things came across your mind when your dad didn't respond. Oh, I wasn't loved. He didn't like me. My siblings was better. Like, all these different things. So that ultimately translates to my relationship. Mm-hmm. When my husband couldn't answer the phone, or when my friends don't answer, or if my grandmother don't answer, oh, there something happened. Like, always to the negative and not the positive. Right. So creating boundaries looks like going deeper into the when did it start happening? When did your relationships with not having boundaries happen? And what's that look like? That determines, like, where you need to start. Ooh, if that's that makes good. sense. That makes perfect sense because I never thought about it like that. Um, getting to the root of what caused you to even think or feel that way about a certain situation. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes, like, certain things that I might have felt rejected was from past relationships. What I Mm -hmm. felt like, okay, and so then it programmed me like, oh, well, if this person does this, then that's probably how they feel. Mm -hmm. Or instead of me learning to communicate that. And I Mm -hmm. had to, I've developed a communication thing, I think maybe about three or four years ago. I just got to the point where I'm like, I'm tired of being in situations and relationships where I feel like I don't have a voice mm-hmm. or I have a voice, but I'm not speaking up all mm-hmm. the time. Or I, I said, well, let me figure this out. I said, let me figure out a way to create a safe and peaceful um, communication environment where mm-hmm. I'm free to speak. I'm free to be. I'm free to breathe. I'm free. Mm-hmm. Like, because... Who wants to be in any type of situation where you feel like you got to hold back? Like, mm-hmm. and I mean respectfully, because even if I'm in a relationship with a man, I'm very, very respectful. Always have been. I don't mm-hmm. disrespect him. I don't cuss him, curse him out. I don't, like, I communicate. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't always easy for me to speak up. Mm-hmm. But then it got to the point where you are lacking. Mm-hmm. 
you are lacking. You you feel like you're doing everything and mm-hmm. you're not, but you but at the same time you're not communicating everything that you need mm-hmm. and you're not setting your boundaries and your mm-hmm. standards. So they're just doing whatever and they're not knowing that they mm-hmm. crossing over boundaries and they're making you feel. Some but kind you got to think about it too, like boundaries and expectations. Facts. They th- it's totally different. Mm-hmm. So can that person actually meet that expectations that? doesn't cross your boundary. But that's where the communication comes in. Right. And that's what I'm saying. If you don't communicate, like, if I never had told my husband or my friends or or my grandmother, this is where my anxiety stems from, I need you not to do it, then he would have never known. He would still be getting punished to this day for some stuff my dad embedded on me that he probably didn't even know Mm -hmm. embedded on me because we never had that conversation. Right. So I think a lot of times when we think about boundaries, like, are we communicating the expectations and can that person meet that expectation? And I think that that's a conversation most people don't want to have. People mm-hmm. don't know how to have it. People, people, what I realize is a lot of people have their expectations in their mm-hmm. brain and in their heart, but they never voice them. Mm-hmm. People have, um, may have set boundaries in their heart, in their mind, mm-hmm. but never voice them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if I never tell you mm-hmm. what it is that I need, if I never say, like, I, have to communicate mm-hmm. in a way like you said when they came to your test and hey for the next six months i'm not not to be mom i'm not momming i'm not wiping i'm not cooking i'm not nothing mm-hmm. hey i need to focus if you didn't communicate that and you just did that that mm-hmm. would have been a disconnect in right. your household which because you did trauma which, and conflict for everybody <laughs> for everybody and it would have been so selfish right. and they consider like even though I know I needed this, well, they should have just known. No, Mm-mm. you have to communicate. When the plan changes, talk. Exactly. And I feel like so many people don't want to have those. When the plan changes, talk. <laughs> For real. Because what people don't realize is that yeah. things change. Situations mm-hmm. change. And that's okay. Our mindsets change. Our goals and our desires and our standards and boundaries change. Eventually, they'll change. And maybe I might open up to do this and I might not mind this. But uh, you have to have that talk. Mm-hmm. Candid conversation. You have to have the conversations. I tell people all the time, let's talk about it. And mm-hmm. the last person I had dated, I had told him, I said, look, if I can't come to you and talk to you about anything that is concerning me or mm-hmm. us, I don't want to do this. And I mm-hmm. said, listen, and I don't want you to feel like every time I address a situation that is confrontation mm-hmm. or we're, we're being argumentative. No, because I come to you with respect. And so... A lot of people don't know how to navigate that because he didn't. Mm-hmm. And so he was like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I said, no, I'm very vocal now. Mm-hmm. I stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. If I do not like something, mm-hmm. I'm going to voice it because mm-hmm. I'm not willing to carry mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. it's like carrying a burden and carrying, oh, I got to carry. Well, I got to carry it. No, you're going to have to carry this right, too. Right. And how about we just address it? One of my friends asked on our last podcast, he said, you know, are there any red flags you're willing to look past? No, I'm going to address mm. everything. Right, we're going to talk about it. Because it should be able to have, be have, like, why is mm-hmm. it not addressable? Because if I keep overlooking it, then it's going to keep. It's a snowball, and it's going to blow the fuck up. And then you're going to be like, you, why am I here 15 years later in this why? fucked up shit? Exactly. So what you also have to understand is when you set those boundaries and those standards, um, and when you have to operate in them, you know, you will notice and you will see who respects it and who doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, and who can handle it and who can't. 
a lot of people have never had to sit down and have these difficult conversations. A lot of people mm-hmm. have never sat down, and, and, and it's not just difficult, but sometimes it's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable. because it's unknown. We've mm-hmm. never, you when we talked about having a toxic relationship versus a healthy relationship, it's like, oh, this is the unknown. Mm-hmm. I know what that looked like, but what yeah, does this, what look, does like? this look like? And how do I navigate this? Well, first you got to heal from this and be willing to accept mm-hmm. this and be open to this and learn this. And, you know, so it's, it's a whole, it's a whole nother world. So this is how, so I went to the guy and I was like, hey, so he did something one time and I was like, hmm. And I, I, I was going to address it right then. And I said, but this is time and a place. Mm-hmm. We're about to have dinner mm-hmm. with the kids. Let's sit down. Let's mm-hmm. have dinner first. You know, afterward, we sitting down watching it. And I said, hey, can I talk to you real quick? Mm-hmm. You know? And I feel like it's always good to have a humbling conversation mm-hmm. um, to be gentle because I feel like you hear me. You're mm-hmm. going to hear my heart mm-hmm. because I'm not going to fuss at you. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to mm-hmm. yell at you, but I want you to hear my mm-hmm. heart. Hey, babe, look, um, when you said this and all of that, that hurt my feelings. And mm-hmm. I did not, you know, mm-hmm. appreciate you talking to me like that. Mm-hmm. And then he, well, I didn't mean it like that. And I was meaning it toward this person. Yeah, but you said it to me, mm-hmm. even though you were angry at somebody else. That you projected, projected that on me, and I don't think that that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just be mindful of how you talk to me because I don't mm-hmm. like it. You know, I respect mm-hmm. you. I give you the utmost respect, and I feel like that's something mm-hmm. you should go through mm-hmm. because I can't operate in chaos. Mm-hmm. I can't operate. I can't. But why? Why should we have to? And we shouldn't. Yeah. Because all of our life we've had to. Mm-hmm. We've had to learn how to maneuver through the chaos mm-hmm. and the drama and the trauma, and we had to learn. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair because I don't want to. And now that I'm an adult, I have the option to choose. Mm-hmm. And I'm choosing not to. So, but my thing is, after so long of having these conversations, he's coming to me, hey, hey. Same thing, hey, same thing. Hey, yeah. hey. Then I said, you know what? I got to the point where I was like, you know what? You don't respect me. Mm-hmm. You don't love me. You and, and, and I think relationships are so much bigger than love, you know, but I feel like you don't care because mm-hmm. you Keep telling like you constantly hurting my feelings. Like you, you don't care. At some and point, and I always look at it like this: If you were at a job, do, does he work? Does this person mm-hmm. work? Guess what? If you break a rule at work, you gonna get fired. Do they keep breaking that rule? No, they do not. Exactly. So if you can operate at, at a as an employee, you can operate as a partner. You can a hundred percent because that means you have the skill set. So that means you choose not to do it. And that's when. And I hope it don't take you long to realize if somebody's respecting your boundaries or not. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, you have to be able to move through when, oh, that person does not care about mm-hmm. the boundaries I set. That's not giving you the open door and be like, well, they could just cross the boundaries mm-hmm. as long as they're in my life. No. No. Separate yourself mm-hmm. because the boundaries that you set are what works for you. It what makes you well. It what is that what makes you happy. And it's like you're willing to let this person, you know, overstep the boundaries and the standards that you you have for your life just to say you have someone in your life it's not mm-hmm. worth it right it's not worth it because if you just wait a little while longer your person will find you and they will respect mm-hmm. you and they will learn you and they will love you mm-hmm. and they will consider you and they, all the things that you need without even having to ask right? build a nigga build a bitch you writing build it right em. now <laughs> write it down make it clear let me tell you facts it's, it's very important because I, I like I say I've been married for a very long time so my expectations and things that I I would tell my clients to really um, strategize on even coming into friendship. Mm-hmm. I don't. I tell them we ain't looking for no fucking boyfriend. We're not looking for no husband. We're looking for a healthy relationship, friendship, man. Not even friendship yet. 
Just a relationship. We need a healthy relationship. Can we be cordial without conflict and toxicity, mm-hmm. right? Can we have a disagreement with us not being angry and able to like move forward, you know? Because right. a, a lot of times we rush into this immediate set gratification and satisfaction of like the physical touch, right? Because we're so, you know, we, hypersexual people. We want to be like mm-hmm. fast. We all, we have this visionary of what our life should be, but we don't even know the foundation of, hey, what's candid conversations look like for mm-hmm. you? Can you be uncomfortable without you being like, oh, you overthinking it? Well, I am an overthinker. So if you know I'm an overthinker, you should be able to be an over-explainer because you like me enough. Right, because you care. You fucking care. Like, my husband knows I'm fucking anxious. People <laughs> in my life know I have anxiety. Like, if they're close to me, they know that I have anxiety. And I, I didn't start claiming it until fucking... I got license. Like, oh, yeah, bitch, you really got anxiety. And I want to talk about that. <laughs> I really like, want to. That's like, actually, really crazy. That's actually one of the questions. <laughs> and the reason why I want to talk about anxiety, and I think that you're going to be so good at explaining this to us, because um, when I turned 30, right, mm-hmm. that's when I realized I had anxiety. And how it happened was I had an anxiety attack while I was driving, mm-hmm. and it was the craziest thing. And it was like I was started hyperventilating. I felt like the walls were closing in on me. I had to pull over. I'm on the road coming from Victorville, coming down to the city, and mm-hmm. just everything just felt like it was just so closing much pressure. In. And I was like, I had, a, I couldn't control anything. And I was like, what? I pulled over, I, and I was like, I was like trying to just breathe, just breathe. Mm-hmm. I wrote down all the ones. Like I was freaking out, probably overwhelmed by just overthinking a whole lot of things going on, you know. Yeah. And I literally hit thirty, and I'm like, is this bitch on the thirty? I'm like, I don't right. know what's going on. Right, for but, real. It hit me, right? And so my question when it comes to anxiety is, what is anxiety? What does it look like? What does it sound like? And I know it could be very different from er- mm-hmm. for everyone. Um, how do you navigate it through with a positive coping mechanism? Mm-hmm. Um, even though I have things that I do, but I want to mm-hmm. hear your point on it. Um, because so many people, I know so many people that deal with anxiety right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I've seen it at different levels. I've seen it hit people differently in different ways. I've seen the attacks. I saw mm. the breakdowns. I mm. saw like, and I'm like, how can we? Because so many people don't even want to admit that they have it, mm-hmm. but you see it, right? You see it, um, and to be okay with it, because I feel like a lot of people are not okay with certain things because they feel like it's a problem, mm-hmm. it's an issue, it make you look bad, but it's nothing wrong with accepting what is and being able mm-hmm. to address it accordingly Absolutely. in a healthy way. So that you don't have to be stuck there. Because mm-hmm. I feel like people allow themselves to be stuck in certain situations and certain mindsets because they don't get the help when right. it comes to like therapy and things exactly. like that. So let's, let's think about it like this. How many times out of the day are you happy? I'm happy a lot. Right. Do you enjoy it? I love it. Okay. How many times are you sad? Um, I have sad moments. I have sad moments every now and then. Um, not as often as I used to. Mm-hmm. I think when things are going on, mm-hmm. then I might have, a, like, October was a rough month. Mm-hmm. I lost two wonderful people that meant the world to me. Mm-hmm. So as of late, I've been having moments of thinking about mm-hmm. them. Not because they're gone, but simply because I miss them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have moments of sadness. Not, like, mm-hmm. every day, all day, though. So the reason why I'm bringing up, like, the emotion wheels, because emotions, we have way more emotions than sad, happy, mad, mm-hmm. right? right? And when I think about anxiety, a lot of my anxiety is good anxiety. Mm. And I enjoy it. It's, it's like a motherfucking high. <laughs> it's like, you're manic. I can boop, boop, boop. I wrote my whole journal, Their Fire Ain't Your Fire. I did that in less than two days. Wow. 
because I was so anxious and so excited and like I called it my mini manic phase of life. So um, anxiety is a spectrum. It's not that is it's negative. We have good anxiety too. Mm-hmm. So we can uh, embrace, oh, I love it when it's the good anxiety. You got to embrace the, oh, this is the uncomfortable anxiety mm-hmm. too, but how to treat it. So anxiety is a feeling that comes with physical reaction. So in my case, when I'm anxious, my mind races a thousand miles per hour. I cannot slow it down. I'm constantly building a bridge. I'm going through a spiral. Mm-hmm. I'm worrying. My my anxiety was introduced growing up because I was raised by my grandmother, didn't have my mom and my dad as active, present all the time parents, but they were around. Mm-hmm. So that's where I found out that's where it came from doing the work. And so that anxiety was attachment detachment, mm-hmm. right? So I had attachment and detachment issues. So when I love, I love fucking hard. Like, that's part of my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm like, okay, I got to manage it because now it looks like fucking love bombing because now everybody want to be a narcissist. Like, it's like, so I constantly have anxiety around, okay, let me make sure that I'm not overly anxious mm-hmm. or I'm projecting too much because now it can be toxic to the other person. So anxiety is a range of emotional uh, thoughts with, a physical outcome. So some people have panic attacks where it's like the world is caving in, you can't breathe. So some coping skills is to identify things in a room. Okay. Lime green sweater. Mm-hmm. Go to therapy. Go to therapy. Go to, like I'm reading it to decompress myself. Mm-hmm. Another thing is to put ice on your face, like because it's a shock. Right. You know, so my husband got me a, a dog, a Yorkie, and it's super anxious. I'm like, this motherfucker is more anxious me right and i love it because i'm like now i'm not focused on my anxiety when Mm -hmm. i have overwhelming days because i get poured in so much of other people's depression anxiety and other mental health i i notice that my body overheats now more um i have more internal jitters i'm not able to eat when i'm anxious so when you start noticing those things you have to say what can i do to make myself a little better today Mm -hmm. even if it's one percent so I don't know about you, but working out is a decompressor that reduces depression, anxiety, and just keeps you in check. You know, so those are the things that you have to identify as well. But having the trash can to dump on, like your therapist, like mm-hmm. your friends are not always your therapist. I love that you realize that because a lot of times we're like, oh, I'm just gonna call the homie and let them out. They don't have boundaries to say I can't hold that. So then when you start seeing them not answering your phone, now you feel rejected. Well, they feel rejected because you're overwhelming them. So you need to have another outlet. Yes. Maybe it's journaling. Yes. Maybe it's voice note journaling. Maybe it's reading a toxic book that you enjoy, a nasty book. I don't know, like exotic book. Right. You have to find the things that you like and implement that and have it in your bag at all times. So if you have anxiety and you know chewing gum works for you, what? You should always, always have, have gum. gum. 
right? That's just like I can't see. I'm gonna always have my glasses. <laughs> like, have your glasses. I always gotta have my glasses, or I'm not gonna be functional. Right. So you have to prepare and knowing what you need, and if you don't know what you need, you start trying things. So I am like the guru of anxiety because I have anxiety, right? right? So most of my clients have come in with anxiety that triggers depression, right? You know, because once you get so worried, now you're sad that you're so fucking worried. And so what I tell them is like. What tools do you already have? Like your therapist was saying, mm-hmm. like, well, you got all the tools. Well, obviously, they're not all working, lady. Right. So you should have added another tool to my toolbox, right? I think, you know what? Honestly, <laughs> I just, I didn't know what to expect when I went to therapy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people don't. They don't know mm-hmm. what to expect. So I felt like she was supposed to tell me something. That I didn't already know. Yeah, so that's not what therapy is. In this, in the, yeah, yeah, no, let's talk about why. that. Let me tell you. Let's talk I'm not, about I'm it. not going to give you the fucking answers you want. Let me tell you. Yeah. I just had Come a client on. tell me the other day, well, I thought you were going to tell me the answers. Oh, you you thought? Well, mm-hmm. let's talk about your thoughts. Like, don't you have some of the answers? What do you want to do, right? Right. It's therapy is not for me to fix you. I don't fix people. People fix themselves. I don't fix marriages. I tell them in the beginning, this is either going to help you guys make it work or it's going to come up with a conclusion how we can coexist together and make a family unit without being together. Right. Like, I'm going to help you come up with a plan. This is a business. This is just a lead and guide yeah. you in the direction where you need to make the decision for yourself. Right. We, I didn't know that. Yeah. What, I didn't know what to expect when I went to therapy. I just was like, I think therapy might work. Like I, like yeah. I said, I was just trying to exhaust every possibility. So I went in thinking, oh, she's about to tell me something I could do that I'm not already doing. So she asked me, when she asked me, what you doing? I went on a list. I said, I have literally surrounded myself with healing. I'm like, I only listen to healing music. I only read healing books. I pray. I get mm-hmm. up. I work out. I just, I really just focus on me. I said, I asked myself, Sharon, what do you need today? What do you need today? Do you need a little mm-hmm. bit more rest today? Do you need a walk today? Even when I'm at work, I'd be like, okay, this is a mm-hmm. bit too much. My anxiety is going up. I need mm-hmm. to go out. I need to decompress. I need to walk. I'll go out and walk for a whole mile. Like, I just need to stay away. I, my clients, I'll get to y'all. Because mm-hmm. sometimes I just need a minute. So I felt like when I called her, she was going to be like, okay, you need to do this, you need to do that. But what she wanted to do was medicate me. And yeah. I don't have a problem with medication. Mm-hmm. And I hope you guys understand this. There is nothing wrong with taking medication if, there's some, yeah. if that's what you need. Do what you need to do to take care of you. And you mm-hmm. don't have to answer that to answer to no one. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with you because you're taking a medication that helps you to cope and be conducive in the world. There's nothing at all wrong with that. So don't even ever take it that way. But I'm mm-hmm. a person that don't like medication. Right. Anything, whether it's my knee, my migraines, whatever, I always be like, well, what's the other options? You mm-hmm. know, I'll do chiropractor. I'll do physical therapy. Like, give me something I can do because I don't like medication. One, I feel like it don't always work for me. And I'm not consistent. <laughs> At all. At all. Like, I'd be like, is that medication? Right. right. The most I can do is drink water every day. Give me that. But I felt like, and when she did, I was like, well, you don't want to just talk to me? Like, and she was like, well, Sharon, you're literally doing everything that I mm-hmm. was going to tell you to do. She was like, you're journaling. And then I even went into telling her, you know, like when I have my moments of sadness, I'll allow myself to be sad. And then when I'm happy, I allow myself mm-hmm. to be happy. And sometimes when you're going through grief and when you're going through mourning, you have to allow yourself that space and that mm-hmm. freedom. And you have to extend yourself mercy and grace that you're going to laugh and you're going to mm-hmm. feel good some days. And don't feel guilty about feeling good or even still being able to live because you have breath in your body. You have the activities of your limbs in your right state of mind. Be grateful, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to learn that. But I'm like, 
I'm telling her these things. She was like, Sharon, <laughs> like you're doing, yeah, you're doing everything. But I'm like, but what the, else? But the thing is, that's not, and 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 the thing was, it could have went two ways. It could have been like, well, I see you just need a, a space. Mm-hmm. I just need a space that. First of all, you don't know me like that. Mm-hmm. So who you don't tell? I know you can't tell. I just need to shoot the shit. And that's so, it. and that's what I tell my clients. Okay, if this is a shoot the shit session, that's fine. So some of my clients be like, bitch. I'm like, bitch. Like we have that relationship, like, right. and it's a therapeutic relationship because that's we, what she needs. Yeah, that's, or that's what, what she needs need. exactly. Yeah. And so we meet on that level. And I always tell people like, they, my husband be like, somebody don't even come with problems. Well, they do come with a problem, but their problem is that they need space. And my friends would be like, oh, you go to therapy? Yes, ma'am. I still go to therapy. Sure do. I still do. And guess what I do? I just rant. And Cut my therapist up. let me rant. And she'd be like, all right, you should talk to you in two weeks. Absolutely, girl. And then some days I come in with a real problem. You know, mm-hmm. therapy is something that is supposed to be consistent based on your needs. One thing I will tell you is don't go to therapy and ghost your therapist. Because... If you do that, guess what? They're gonna take you off their books. First of all, I'm I'm exclusive, okay? So you're you're if you're on my books, you want to stay on my books. So <laughs> you can come once every three months, once every six months. But if you're not in between that one and six, you're gonna be dropped. And what happens when you get dropped? You gotta look for another therapist. Mm-hmm. So why not be on retainer like you have a, a, a legal aid? Right. Right? We're like your legal aid for mental health. Because once you leave us and we fill that seat, mm-hmm. it's not personal. This is our job. Jesus, yeah, We're not friends. We have a friendly relationship. Right. But guess what? If you keep dissing me and, and, and not coming back, I'm going to find a client that want to show up for whatever their need is. Right. So if you feel like, okay, I don't need to go every week, go once every three months. And get what you need. But therapy is not me telling you what you need to do with mm-hmm. your life. I'm going to say, what do you want? Sharon, what do you want? What do you want to do? Why are we here today? Right. What do you want to discuss? Girl, I got this podcast I want to list. Okay, well, let's come up with some strategies mm-hmm. to do that. What are some topics you want to do? And then I'm going to break that down with you. And then we're going to strategize. And then we're going to implement. But I like that. You know what I like about what you're saying, you guys, is that some people feel like going to therapy is only it's so big. It's so much bigger than that. You know, we put therapy in this box. Um, Come tell me about some good shit too. And you, and you need to take you know? take it out of the box because people are like, well, we go to therapy once there's a problem. No, we go to therapy before there's a problem. Mm-hmm. I'm the type of person. I said this before. Um, I'm a preventative measure type of person. I'm not a reactive. Mm-hmm. And if I have to react and I have to respond to situations, I will. But I prefer the prevention. Mm-hmm. And so even when I feel like when it comes to relationships and marriages, and like you said, you know, when you're building just a relationship and a friendship with someone mm-hmm. before you even go to the next levels of anything else, I feel like it's necessary to do therapy. Why not do therapy to prevent? Why mm-hmm. not do therapy to even realize some of the questions that are the topics that we need to talk about before we go into this thing? Mm-hmm. Why not, you know, figure out how we cope with situations like this and that and that now before we get in the middle of, so when we do get in the middle of, we know how to navigate through that thing together we know how mm-hmm. to communicate through that thing together a lot of times people wait till there's a problem mm-hmm. and it's nothing wrong with that because if you realize that you're in the middle of a problem you want to get help get help there's never a time i tell people it's never a wrong time to start your healing journey mm-hmm. it's never a wrong time to to get to go to therapy it's never a wrong time to get the help that you need for you 
start somewhere. Start anywhere. Start now. Start mm-hmm. when it's a mess. Start when you're happy. Start when you're sad. Yep. I don't care what you do. Just start because it's necessary. And so when you talk about therapy, not only for like there's a problem, come be, when you're happy. Yeah, come. come. I love to hear my clients' wins. Like I always start. I said, don't start off telling me what went wrong. Mm-hmm. I want to know what went good mm-hmm. because you fail to realize that we have wins every day. Every single every day. Every day. And then you so focus on this one thing that went wrong, but it didn't affect your life. At all. You still standing. You still standing. You still alive. Like that's why I still be girl, you, you just hit your first half a million. Like what are you mad about? Let's talk about that first and then we'll problem solve so we can be winners of this new path. Right. You know, don't come to me always with something negative because I want you to always leave lighter. So if we're focusing on that, you know, that poor me syndrome and I'm in my thoughts and I'm depressed. Yes, these are all true. But tell me something good. I feel like when you learn to focus on the good, um, I feel like it wakes you up inside and it makes you a little bit more happy about the day. I tell people all the time, like, you know, even with my boys, I tell them, like, you know, tell me three good things that happened today. Three mm-hmm. good things. Like, just tell me any. And I tell people mm-hmm. all the time, before you go to bed at night, just think about three good things mm-hmm. that happened. I said, because what we do is we oftentimes take the blessings that we have each and every day for granted. We forget that we wake mm-hmm. up with breath in our body. We have the activities of our limbs and then our right state of mind. We forget that even though sometimes we're tired and we don't want to go to work, but we have a job and mm-hmm. we have a stable income. Sometimes we forget that we actually went to bed in beds last night. Mm-hmm. And there's people that are sleeping outside on the curb and on the bus stops and under freeways and highways and byways. I said mm-hmm. sometimes, and I'm not saying you have to reflect on what other people do have and don't have versus what you do have. But what I'm saying is learn to be appreciative and grateful for the small things that mm-hmm. we take for granted every single day. Because we could be outside. Yeah, gratitude. We could not be in our right set of gratitude. mind. We could, yeah. you know, not have the activities of our, of our limbs. And we could not wake up. I said, but I've learned to appreciate every single moment. And I said, and people always say, you know, tell me, like, Sean, you're always finding the good out of everything because that's what I look for. Mm-hmm. And all of this commotion and chaos, I'm going to look for the good in the situation. Mm-hmm. The reason being is because my my mind focus is on all the things that are that, that can make us better, that can make us right. greater, that could, that could increase us in some kind of way. If I focus on the negative, that's where I'm going to be at, mm-hmm. my, my mindset. That's where, that's, I don't want to be there. And then when people say, oh, this happened, well, how has that been working for you? Okay, what are we going to do different? Like, yeah, that is a fucked up situation. It is. That's messed up. So let's talk about it real fast because I'm not one. I don't need to hear a whole hour of the problem. Tell me the problem. So we can figure out a solution. (laughs) So we can come with a solution. And the crazy thing about being a therapist, sometimes you don't have that privilege as a friend to be like, okay, well, let's move on. As a therapist, I have to go through the motions with Mm -hmm. you. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, is this working for you? As soon as you tell me no, guess what? What are we going to do next? Let's figure let's this thing figure out. Let's figure it out. You know, let's I, try something. Yeah, let's try something new. Like, what haven't you tried? Mm-hmm. Oh, what haven't you tried? Okay, let's do that tomorrow. Right. Let's wake up with some gratitude. And I think everybody's positive coping mechanisms will be different. You know, I, like I said, I always say in every situation, you got to find out what works for you. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't talk about nobody. We just talk about what we talking about. And when we talk about it, we're talking about what have worked for us. Mm-hmm. We're telling you things that we have tried and it has been successful. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, you can, like I tell them all the time, you could try what we're trying, but at the same time, tap into yourself. Get to know mm-hmm. who you are and figure out what you like and what you want and how and what works for you. Because you might not be a journal writer, but you might be mm-hmm. a blogger. Like, 
And I tell, I said, for instance, when Terrence passed, um, even though I wrote in my journal every day, I wanted to record the process of my healing. So mm-hmm. I would blog the good days. I would mm-hmm. blog the hard days. Mm-hmm. I would blog the, you know, just the days that were kind of mm-hmm. up and down. I would blog the nights that I couldn't sleep. I would mm-hmm. blog the nights that I just cried nonstop. Like, I would just blog because sometimes I didn't know how to write it out. Mm-hmm. I just had to speak it out. And I made blogs. And I was like, and I watched myself go through the healing. And I watched myself go through the crying to the when the crying stopped and I was able to make it through a whole day without crying and I was able to make it through a whole couple of days. And I was like, and not that I'm proud of myself because I didn't cry. I was proud of myself because, and it's not that crying made me feel like I was back at where I was at. No, I felt like the crying was part of my mm-hmm. healing too. I felt like everything helped me to heal because there was times I needed to get it out. Like I, mm-hmm. I would rather it be out than in. And so I found things that work for me in those moments. You mm-hmm. know, like when I say I surrounded myself with healing, I woke up and only listened to healing music. Like, I needed to cover my brain, my mind, mm-hmm. and my thoughts. And I needed to keep my thoughts on something positive, and I needed to get back to me. And sometimes your situation and your trauma can be, um, can still make you feel like you're drowning, mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure out what to do. And sometimes you need help. And, and that's why a lot of people end up throwing in the towel and giving up, because they don't go get the help that they need. Yeah, you know? and I think a lot of times people think, oh, going to a therapist. So when I think about therapy, I'm not really thinking about an individual. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you don't have access to a therapist. And so things can be therapeutic. And when I talk about therapy, and so, for instance, I didn't have a therapist for a minute. Um, The therapist that I really enjoy had, um, I ended up getting dropped because he started his own private practice. And so Kaiser, as you know, it's hard to get a therapist. Mm So I'm contracted with Kaiser, so I know how it works. So I didn't have a therapist for like three to six months. And I started seeing my spiral of depression, like, going down. I was like, I'm not fulfilled, and I don't mm-hmm. know what it was. So I said, all right, Janessa, therapize yourself. What is it that you need? I was like, I felt unloved. And it wasn't because I wasn't being loved at home. It was because I wasn't loving myself properly as mm-hmm. an individual. So I was like, okay, what do you like? Oh, I like flowers. I started buying myself flowers. Mm-hmm. I started putting on my music that I like. So I'm a Sagittarius, so I really just love the same songs over and over and over again, right? So Mm -hmm. I put them on, and I'll be in the bathroom by myself with a candle in the shower, just Mm self-loving. That's therapeutic. There's so many therapeutic things out in the world that's made by therapists, right? Because my friends, I can't be their therapist. But guess what? All my friends got my journals Mm -hmm. because they know they need help with their boundaries. Are they supporting me? And while they did the work, they were like, dang, this is really helpful. So if you can't find a therapist, you find therapeutic things that help you reduce whatever symptom mm-hmm. that is, right? So the chat packs, communication. Oh, your man don't want to go to therapy? All right, bet. Find a communication chat pack. Let's pick up some questions. Let's set some rules. The rules are if it offends you, if it's this, we walk away, we come back, and we revisit it. Mm-hmm. We don't go to sleep without answering this question, right. though, right? right? So it's, it's rules and operations which we call standard SOPs, standards of operations in a business. So you bring that into every relationship. So if you can go to therapy, what's therapeutic that you can do? That's good. So can't nobody tell me, oh, therapy don't work. Because there's so many different ways to to do therapy. But I think that that's (laughs) why they have to figure out who they are and what they want. Because how do you know what works for you if you don't know yourself? How do you try things? Like when you said, you know, you have your set playlist and you Mm -hmm. just look taking a bath and lighting a candle and that is so therapeutic y'all after a long day or week of work oh my god 
and we're like, and then love with a chandelier, and you just sit there, and with the music blasting, it's nothing like it. But some people don't know because mm-hmm. they don't know themselves. They don't mm-hmm. know, like they they never taken time out to figure out what do I like, mm-hmm. what calms me, what relaxes me, what releases me. You know, because I figured out, like mm-hmm. for me, you know, some people are scared, but I go to the shooting range. Oh, mm-hmm. it's the best feeling. Or I go to a spa day, and it takes mm-hmm. about four to five hours. And people mm-hmm. be like, you be there that for that long? I'm going to be there all day. And I do. <laughs> they be like, you be in there for five hours. I said, for Absolutely. real. From 10 to almost 2, 3, 4 o'clock. Yeah, I'll or be there. Close. And I'll be there. like, for real. I'll be like, yes. That is therapeutic to be able to sit and be still and not, no phone. If I want to watch TV, I can. Like, mm-hmm. I, But I'll be just chilling. Like, And I'm like, you have to find the things that work for you. When I journal, I like to go to the beach. And if it's Fargo Beach that I go to with a bench, and I like to sit there, and I like to sit and listen to the waves and write and just release. And sometimes just sit there and listen to music and just think and just release my thoughts. And but I what about there. the people who actually, like, do the opposite? And what I mean by that is, you know, when you're in, like, this fucked up situation or a fucked up mood, why are you listening to fucked up music? Why are you mm. scrolling looking at toxic relationships? Oh, this dude did this, this girl did that. You're you're actually pouring into the negative part of Absolutely. the problem than fixing the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why are you watching Why Did I Get Married and you going through a divorce? Like, you know what I'm saying? People, <laughs> I, I, oftentimes people, people thrive off of the negative. They, yeah. they thrive off the drama, but that's because that's how they raise. A lot of people, you know, if there's nothing traumatic or crazy going on, it's like it's normal for them. But that's that uncomfortability. That's what they know. That's like, the oh, it, it feels good it, because yeah. I know what it is. Yeah, and it's their norm. <laughs> yeah, we got to break that norm of, oh. You have to, you have to. So I believe that we, and especially as black women, um, I feel like we have to change the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about this before, and I love having um, other black successful women on my show simply because I feel like we're changing the narrative, mm-hmm. the way people see us, the way people view us. Like, we're changing the narrative. Like, we can be CEOs and business owners and all of this other stuff mm-hmm. and still be from our roots. We Like, we're still from where we're from. And like I tell people all the time, you know, I'm a Compton native. Like, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a success out of Compton. And I'm mm-hmm. never not rep for Compton. Like, period. Period. Like, I'm a Compton girl. Black. And I made it up out the hood. Yeah. And not only that, but I'm thriving and I'm successful in so many things. And I'm like, I'm grateful that. Grateful mm-hmm. for that. And people feel like places that we come from, you know, it is a lot of drama. It is a mm-hmm. lot of negativity. And people don't support each other. But we're changing that narrative. Yeah, absolutely. We're changing that narrative. We're going to support each other. We're going to uplift each other. We're going to speak life into each other. And we're going to pray that each other make it to the next level or the next dimension of whatever we're trying to do. Like, I feel like... As I rise, so do the people around me. Period. period. It, it is no, like, everyone who knows me knows, like, don't tell me you want to be a butterfly if you ain't ready to fly. <laughs> like, I'm going to be like, okay, Sean, like, let's go to the beauty supply. Let's go get some rhinestones. All these wings are nice. Like, I'm one that is very um, an innovator, mm-hmm. right? So you might have the vision, but you need a friend that's an innovator. Yeah. That's me. I'm going to make sure that shit happens that one way true. or another. And I think that a lot of times that us black women, y'all shady, like, Y'all, y'all don't want nobody to win but yourself. Stop being so selfish where you gonna lose. That's why right? I say change the narrative. Changing it is so important because it was so funny because you can be everything. Because uh, my friend Chelsea, 
uh, who did my uh, photo shoots for the last couple of uh, times, I went to a um, conference. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm going to a conference, and my personality is so, like, over the fucking top. Like, my energy is Mm -hmm. just, like, very much, like, people draw to it. And when the lady introduced me, Dr. Roche introduced me, she said, y'all, I don't know if she hood or holy. Like, it goes (laughs) from what? I have a little bit of both. And then I I was like, you know what? I am. You're absolutely right. I cuss a little bit, cuss a lot sometimes. Like, I give all honor to God. He gets all the glory. I'm a helper. I'm like, I'm all of these things. And guess what? Not one person was shady. But us women of color, Y'all need to stop that because if I don't win, guess what? The next black person next to me may lose out because I'm being selfish right. with the information. Right. My husband always tells me, you give all the information for free. Okay, but am I losing now? At all. And I say this all <laughs> the time. My bag ain't going to stop your bag. No. There's room for all of us we at the top. Eat. And I feel like, and then, and let me tell you why, because like I told you a year ago, I wanted to start the transition in life, right? Mm-hmm. So I reached out to a friend's mom I've been knowing since I was a kid. She has a transition in life. She's mm-hmm. in LA. And I just needed to know where, where I needed to start, where I need mm-hmm. to go. I know that I wanted to come back to LA, but I wanted to utilize that. Started I didn't want to sell it. Mm-hmm. I wanted to utilize it and make something of it. I reached out to her several times, several times, mm-hmm. several times. Never Nothing. a response, right? Met a guy um, through my job that helped. I don't know if he worked for God Property or whatever it was, mm-hmm. but he works for one of those places. Mm-hmm. And he, like, gave me the rundown. He sent me his number. And I was like, I was, like, shocked. Like, he was like, what? I'm like, I've been trying to reach out to a family friend that's, like, family, and they won't give me nothing. Like, are, as are they going to stop there. bit feed you with? Like, it, it's just crazy. Or you got to pay for everything. And I tell people, and I don't mind paying my part. I promise you, I don't. I will pay for whatever I need. But when my friends are doing something, I'm like, I'm not about to, like, you give me something, I'm about to rip it. I'm about to promote it. I'm right. Because like, that's a payment in itself. Like, you're re- wearing my brand. Period. I'm like, you know what I'm, I'm not about to make you pay me to, to support my friends, to uplift the black business. Like, are you crazy? No. Like, I feel like we sometimes hold ourselves back because we're afraid for other people to be successful when we could all be successful. Like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to stop your bag. It's enough room for all of us. That's why I'm telling people, like, if you want to start a podcast, I'll help you. You would? I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, your podcast ain't going to stop my podcast. Right. Like, Actually, it's going to help us grow bigger and better right. because, guess what? Now I could be a guest on your podcast. And, and the people that, yeah, yeah, like, it's a fair change. Because people be I'm like, why are we so afraid to help each other? Well, I, I had to work hard to get here. I think it's that trauma of financial trauma growing up without. And so everything is glittery and I need to keep it to myself syndrome. Mm. And I've never been like my granny would go buy me uh, uh, Payless shoes and my brother will want Jordans. But I was cool. I was like, you get your one pair of Jordans. I'm gonna get seven (laughs) pairs of fucking shoes. Right. (laughs) And so the value and the quality may have been different. But I got more for it because I my mindset wasn't stuck on what the other people perceive. Mm. And so I've always had that mindset of I want to be a helper, granted the boundaries now. Right. Because now, yes, I'm not going to give you everything for free because I do have a business. 
But if I can help you get to a level where you can start paying me right. in some kind of way, what am I going to lose for? Why am I going to? I don't give a f- about no nothing else. I'm going to eat regardless. regardless. My clientele like me for me. So if they go to you, I'm even more happy because I know you ain't going to waste my time. Right. Right. Like, fair exchange is no robbery. It's so much value in networking. I met with a couple of friends uh, Thursday, and we did a content shoot. And it was so wonderful because it was all entities of levels of income. I'm on my way to my first half a a quarter of a meal. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my goal for the end of the year. A quarter of a meal in business. And granted, I'm around people who already hit seven figures, mm-hmm. right? But I'm also in a room with people who ain't even hit their first thousand. But guess what? You can tell us apart from mm-hmm. nothing. We loved on each other. We poured into That's each other. And we're like, what can I do to help you? It's really about, you know, that not being selfish with the information. Because when you become selfish, but you need something, then you're going to look like the fool because then you're going to be wondering why the universe is not blessing you with, right. with the things that you want because God is not going to pour into you if if your hand is closed. Your hand has to be open to give and to receive. Mm-hmm. So God is not going to bless no mess. So if you're not going to do it for a purpose, then why are people going to even want to be around you to pour into you, to give you that game, to make you elevate, and you're not willing to go back to get the people around you? Right. It makes no sense. Right. I think people have to, like I said, we got to change the narrative, the mindset. And I was talking about this last night, too, about how our mindset is everything. What you mm-hmm. think, the Bible says, if so a man think, is so is he. Mm-hmm. What you think of yourself, what you think of anything, that's what it will be. Mm-hmm. That's what, it, if you learn to change your mindset, like, my mindset has always been positive. It's always been to help not just myself, but those around me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a stingy person. I'm not mm-hmm. selfish. I'm not a gatekeeper. I will give you free game, free information. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see people succeed. Mm-hmm. I want to see people make it. I don't like to see people struggling. Mm-hmm. If I see you struggling and I could help, I'm going to help. Mm-hmm. That's just my heart. That's why I feel like we have to change the narrative. That's why I say a lot of times where we come from, that's how it is, though. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. People don't want to help people out the hood. At all. People don't want to help people get from, from the ground. We all get, well, I got it from the ground. But somebody along the way kind of helped you, too. Mm-hmm. People, and I, and I, Never forget where you come from. People forget. you. We all had help. Even Everybody. with me starting this podcast, I can never say I did this by myself. Mm-hmm. I've had help. My mom has helped me. I have friends mm-hmm. that helped me. There was I didn't know how to do a lot of the stuff that I do. I mean, I figured it out, but I had help. No one did anything alone, even if you paid for it. You didn't, you, do, it you didn't do it alone. I remember my auntie, um, she sung this song, and it's stuck with me forever and i believe it was at either a church or a funeral one of them it was like uh if i can help just somebody my living one going down and from that day on it's just been like okay what can i do for somebody today Mm -hmm. because i found that helping other people brings me life Mm -hmm. right that's that's a coping skill for me to pour into people because i don't want to see people struggling when one one thing that I can tell you can possibly get you out of debt, why would I not share that? Why would I help that hostage? Me helping you fix your credit by just telling you how to to manipulate your credit cards to get the points to buy these things to pour into your other credit cards, that doesn't take away from me. Like, it's so important for you to know that being selfish only allows you to not grow. 
make you stagnant and get, put you at a standstill. That's why I'm like, I don't have room to be selfish. I don't have room to not help. I, I one is not in me, but I, I fear for our generations to come because so mm-hmm. many people don't want to help other people. Selfish. It's they selfish. don't want to help other people. That's why I said I always talk about how we have to change the narrative mm-hmm. and how we have to be the example. Mm-hmm. How we have to show because a lot of people ain't never seen what we've mm-hmm. seen. A lot of people from where we come from, they ain't never experienced what we have experienced. They never got to this level. But I want you to know that you can make it up mm-hmm. out the hood and still be in the hood and still do everything that you need to do to take care of you and your family. Like there's mm-hmm. there's a way out. You there don't is. have to settle. You there's a way out. You can make six, seven, eight figures. You can be that next billionaire in your house and your family. You can you can be it. You can be the first one so that you can show the other ones how to how get to there. Do it. You and know? how dare you not show? Like when I even started the transitional house, my fam- some of my family was like, "Sharon, would you show us?" I'm like, "Yeah." As soon as I figure out how to do all of this, I'm gonna show. Absolutely, I- I'll show you. Do we need to pay for it? No, I'm gonna. Absolutely, no, I'm gonna just tell like you when you know. presented it to me, I was like, "Okay, well, how <laughs> how can I figure out how to help?" Because I know I have access to people mm-hmm. who are doing it. Right. So my mind, I'm already a checklist. My- I already got a checklist. <laughs> on Monday, I'm on it, and that's just how natural. Like I feel like. People should do it with like genuinely, mm-hmm. you know, with no no strings attached. Like I authentically love that you're helping a community that we live in. That means the people that I know that's in jail is have a possible place, right. and I know it's gonna come for love and gonna have the anointing on them. Mm-hmm. They're gonna come with you know some respect. Right. They're gonna be treated like humans. The foundation is there. The success, and I'm like, how can we make yours different? Like, that's all about masterminding, though. And if we don't mastermind without a fee of, of fucking attached all the time, then we always are going to be in the stagnated price. Like, I always feel like, yes, pay what you worth. Like, I get that. Right. I'm okay with paying. Because mm-hmm. if I want a quick solution and if I can pay for it, I'm going to go for it. Yep. It's called delegation, y'all. Mm-hmm. So delegate. Just like you delegate to get the, uh, the house clean, delegate somebody to find the answers for right. you. That's fine, too. But your network... Is gonna be your network, and if it. if we can't surround ourselves around people who like to be like that, guess what? Set your boundaries. Find some new fucking friends. Period. Okay, it's applications to get in. Okay, <laughs> and don't be in the journey. Don't be in the mindset of no new friends. Trust me, some of y'all need new friends. A whole new roster. A whole new <laughs> surround yourself with better people. I'm telling you because I've been come, I've come across people that I've known them for a short period of time, and they've been good to me. They've been good to me. I don't close my mind or my heart or my thoughts to new people because sometimes new people are necessary. Let's talk about that. Shooting your shot, right? Rekindling relationships because I haven't seen you in years. Swear to God. Facts. Facts. We've seen each other on social media, mm-hmm. so we feel like we're like always connected. But guess what? She know I have my business. I saw her doing her business. I was like, wait a minute, bitch. You need to shoot your shot. What are you doing? You have this beautiful panel of, you know, people watching you, and you're talking about no limits, and you ain't on the, on the podcast? Like, what are you doing? So if you see a friend that's doing some work, why not shoot your, why shot? Not shoot your shot? What's the worst they going to say is, oh, no. You know, I've been told no several times, and I don't care. Don't be afraid to hear it. I'm like, okay, I'm coming for you again. Don't you worry. You're on my list to come back. No, I, I was... <laughs> So the thing is this, I had already posted, I probably need to post it on the regular thing, but I had made a video of asking people, like, if you want to come on the show, let me know, mm. blah, 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 
you know, I've had people reach out, people know so, um, mm-hmm. and all that great stuff. But when you reach out, I'm like, what's up, girl? You haven't said nothing for her. You know, because, like I say, like she said, we haven't seen each other in mm-hmm. years, but we watch each other through social media. So I know what she's doing. I knew when mm-hmm. she was taking her exam. I knew when she passed. I knew when she started, mm-hmm. you know, helping other people pass. I, I knew about the happy therapist. I knew just enough, you know, so when you text, I'm like, heck yeah, come on the show. Because you 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 fall right under the umbrella of what my what I reach out to my audience. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm always trying to encourage them to become the best version mm-hmm. of themselves. And even when you're not the best version of yourself, mm-hmm. how to navigate through food with positive mm-hmm. vocal mechanisms and how to get back to self. I'm all about mm-hmm. self-care and that's like my main focus about just really people taking care of themselves because I feel like when you take care mm-hmm. of you, you're able to take care of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm a caretaker by mm-hmm. nature. Yes. Like, it, it's hard to change. A hundred percent. You know? Facts. But if you don't learn how to take <laughs> care of yourself first. Yeah. Because you're no good to nobody else. So that's yeah. what, that's why I was like, and then for you to come on, I'm like, heck yeah. For sure. Yeah, I'm like, the shooting your shot is so important because we stopped yes. us. I was in a car with my friend, um, a learn curve. She uh does body scoping and she's phenomenal. And she learned like numbers really good when she was doing Primer American. Then we were in the car and we were just talking and we was like, mind you, she's known my husband for years, but I didn't really get to meet her until my cousin Kiara put us in the same environment. Me and her have been like this. She threw it then and I've been like this since. And so I was telling her, like, yeah, I need to get back on my speaking engagements. Like, I used to struggle because my vocabulary wasn't, like, the the fondest of, mm-hmm. you know, corporate America. And I was like, but at the same time, it's like, this is who I am, so fuck it. Like, this is what they're getting, and I, I have an impact. I have a population that right. likes to hear the way I speak. And she's like, so what's stopping you? I was like, me, right? And so that was around the same time that I was like, all right, let me start reaching out to people that I wouldn't normally reach mm-hmm. out to. So me saying this is that fear is only a fragment of who you are. So if you don't step out and move yourself out the side and realize that people can say no, that's fine. But don't stop at that no because look at all the great places you go after you got your final yes. Like, what if you would have just stopped after you didn't figure out how to use the keyboard thingy? Mm -hmm. You know, God be setting up stuff. He's so strategic about the way that he do things. Mm -hmm. You know, and he prepares you for things that you don't even know. Um, I've always prayed about a platform where I can speak into people's lives and mm-hmm. really so more so women, but I don't want to limit the limits. I mm-hmm. want to be able to speak into every and any individual person because mm-hmm. I feel like whatever we talk about on this platform should help. I believe conversation brings about mm-hmm. healing if mm-hmm. you have the right conversations and with the right people. This is the therapeutic right, right here. Very much so. And so, you know, I started working with Roy years ago at my church. Mm-hmm. I never knew I was going to have to work the book for myself. Mm-hmm. I thank God for humility because I had to set up a church for many years. Mm-hmm. So I know how to set up sound, and I know mm-hmm. how to set up lighting, and I know how to set up these things. So the only things that I had to work on was, okay, how do I edit? How do I We better start a master class right now. I just had an idea right now. You know now. what I'm saying? <laughs> but I feel like God said, I know what you want to do, but I'm going to yeah. make sure you start from the bottom. I always talk mm-hmm. about how one day I'm going to have a team. I'm going to have a lighting and cameraman mm-hmm. and, a, and a soundboard. And, and I won't have to do everything, but I'm grateful that, and I'm humble enough to do it right now because mm-hmm. this is the making of something greater. You know, and God is getting ready to be, build that platform of where I'll have a stage and a panel of women mm-hmm. who are speaking into the life of people who are helping so many people. I'm sure That's my shot, I want to be on that. You know, and it is what it is. For yes. real, for real. No, and I tell... I, I I'm so serious time, right I, now. No, for real. I said it's coming. Time. I said, and I thank God for the people who he 
here right now, while mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm not at the bottom. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I have to start from the bottom. The foundation. But this is the foundation. Mm-hmm. This is the foundation. So the people that you, I don't, I don't forget. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't forget where I came from and who I'm here with. And trust me, I, I get inspired. I, every person that I've had on this show so far, I've been inspired by that have spoken. I'm like, and mm-hmm. they're truth. And I'm like, man, you don't see things until you really sit and just listen mm-hmm. to other people. And, and you don't even know you could see it by just hearing the testimony mm-hmm. of other people and even identifying the testimony of them. I'm like, man, it's healing to me because, mm-hmm. and then it's healing to them because you don't even know. Sometimes you will say things and you be like, oh my goodness, right? that helped me. And I think that, that this is that platform that I'm creating. And, and God knew what I wanted, but he's, he's overly exceeding my expectations of mm-hmm. what he's doing here. He didn't put no limits on you. That's that's the thing. He was like, all right, that's what you want? None. 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 And I'm so grateful. Like, like from beginning to end, I'm like, you this is good stuff. And and I'm always shocked. And I say that to myself every day. I'm like, God, like I'm still on a high from passing my exam. Still to this day. I kept my I will pass from when I was studying for a whole two years at my desk in front of my face. Mm. Because I'm at a place in my life now that I did a vision board. Do you know my husband was like, put my trust on your vision board? Because what you manifest comes to a place. And I was like, what? (laughs) And I kid you not, everything that I say comes to pass. Mm -hmm. But it's only because of God's grace and mercy. Like, God is always in control. I was in New York. And I said, ooh, I want to go to the hood. I want to be in the hood. I want to do this. So... Why I get stranded in New York and had to stay in the hood and took myself to lunch? I've never took myself on a date by myself. Really? Never. I've been married since 21. Oh, like, okay. I've had lunch by myself before, mm-hmm. but I never intentionally took myself on a date. I said, yeah, I, I want to go to the hood, and I want to take myself on a date. And mind you, I was leaving New York the next morning. The flights got canceled. Wow. I got me another flight. Missed my flight because I was helping somebody else. Mm. It was lagging. And I was like, damn, I'm stranded in New York. And it didn't hit me until I got into the hood. I was like, yo, I manifested this, y'all. I manifested. So now I'm very intentional about what I say these days. Because God said, you keep asking for stuff. And it's showing up exactly what you're asking for. So we're intentionally on purpose. Like when on we purpose. ask for stuff, guess what? You do the work, it's gonna happen. He's gonna give it to you. And and I tell people that all the time. I said I'm literally living in conversations. I said I, that's why I tell people it's so good and it's mm-hmm. so healthy to have conversations because what we speak into the atmosphere it manifests itself. God says, "What is done in heaven, I will do on earth." Girl, and we just speak it. And so I'm big on speaking, and that's why mm-hmm. I always talk about let's have these conversations of healing. Because if you speak healing over your life, if you learn to talk through these things mm-hmm. and these emotions and these situations and these traumas, you will start to find key things to heal you through it. Mm-hmm. And so I tell people all the time, I'm like, I'm literally living in conversations that I've had, even mm-hmm. from the transitional house. I'm like, God, I am living. Like, you just keep setting things up for me. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I am overwhelmed by how great he is, so I keep doing what works for me. And mm-hmm. like I say, the word works. And when you apply the word, it really works. So when I sit here and I have these conversations, I'm like, I want it to be healing. I want it to help you to grow and to glow because 
what are we doing if we're not getting better, if we're not increasing in mm-hmm. some type of way? You know what I'm saying? So this is what this platform is for. It's about understanding what therapy is and why it's important to go and taking out the negative stigmas that people have about what therapy is so that you can get the help that you need. It's about taking the limits off yourself and saying, hey, you know, I'm not saying anything's wrong with me, but ain't nothing wrong with me going to have additional help and assistance mm-hmm. throughout this life that gets hard and gets overwhelming. People mm-hmm. always screaming, I don't have anybody. I don't have anybody. That's because you choose not to have exactly. anybody. Because you, you can have somebody, you especially have somebody. If, if you have insurance, right? If you don't have insurance, there are free therapeutic things Come on that now, you can you do. Better go to so the there, Department of there, Public Social Services. Okay, there the is no excuses, just like there is no limits. So Period. as always avenues we have sliding scales we have no pay scales like there are other things out here and avenues for you to get services so you can go to exodus recovery free therapy boom like you can go to there there are always an option so when you feel like you don't have an option give somebody a call like i don't mind you guys calling just to say hey i need help finding me a therapist Mm -hmm. that fits and I'm like, all right, what you looking for? And I can help you. I'm going to help you. If I can't, I'm going to say, let's call the number on the back of your card because let's that's what they're there for. <laughs> you know, so so therapy is at your reach. It's at your fingertip. Now, I will say it's hard to find a therapist that fits. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the biggest thing uh, that I'm getting. So if the therapist doesn't call you back, don't sit back and wait for a therapist to call you back that you call to inquire from. Okay? Because I get calls all the time, and I'm intentionally – um, very aware that other therapists don't respond back, so I do. Mm-hmm. Even if it's a, I can't see you because I don't cover your insurance or I don't have the space. So don't my 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 goal for you is to know that don't give up on the non-responsive therapist because there are therapists like myself that even if we don't have space for you, we're gonna figure out how to best help you. Right, I like that. So you guys, we're getting ready to close. So we have had a powerful hour, almost two. I love this. <laughs> right. Every part of it. Um, but before we go, I want Janisha to be able to just give you some last finishing like remarks just about therapy, your consciousness to grow and to heal, uh, wherever she wants, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. setting her boundaries, unguiding, all of the above. Um, and also, I want you guys to have her information on how to contact her. Mm-hmm. So if you need help finding a therapist, like she says, she'll help you. I don't know if you have openings. She is your happy therapist. As you can see, you can Period. see who she is and how she is. Um, I think that you would benefit from even just reaching out to her and talking mm-hmm. to her for a second and at least where she could guide you to where how you define what you need. Um, yeah, so for those of you who have Instagram, it's your, it's the getaway. You are underscore happy therapist. And on that platform, you can find all of the um, links to my website to resources, the journals that I've created, any events that I'm hosting. Um, I do have openness. I have a group practice. What a group practice means is that although you may not get me as your clinician, I have clinicians that have my same morals and values. And I know these clinicians personally. I have a working relationship with them or a personal relationship with them. So I do know that they're a reflection of what I want and the value that I want to bring into my community. And so if you have HealthNet, Kaiser, Optum, I have like seven to eight uh, credentialing for insurance panels. So shoot your shot. Shoot your shot. Um, I also will tell you that I'm going to be the one to do your initial intake. So what that means is I get to see what it is that you need and not what you necessarily want. 
Okay. Because sometimes y'all be wanting to have things that's not even in the destination for the vision. Okay. And so that means that I'm going to set you with the therapist that I know is going to help you. And like I said before, you can fire your therapist and that abides to everybody under my practice. And we know that. Um, Hence, we don't have that many times that we got fired because, you know, we, <laughs> we we make sure that we are aligned with our clients. Yes. <laughs> so just hit me up on your happy therapist. Even if you don't need therapy, if you need mentorship, if you're an entrepreneur and want to learn how to start your uh, um your, your business from the ground up, like the blueprinting of things. I'm your girl. I am an expert at branding and expanding. So anything that you want, like I said, if you want to be a butterfly, be prepared to fly. Okay. All right. So uh, that's what I'm going to leave you with. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, so much yes. for uh, coming on the show, being our co-host for real. You guys, I am full, like literally overflowing full. Uh, this has been such an awesome episode, and I pray and hope only falls on good ground and good soil i pray that you know it touches you in some type of way i hope that it motivates you to get the help that you need um if you feel something if you see something say something don't just mm-hmm. sit and be alone don't 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 harbor your feelings don't internalize everything don't overwhelm yourself don't allow yourself to spiral out of control without mm-hmm. reaching out and crying out for help and there's different ways that you cry out for help but just say something you don't have to let everybody know your business you there's 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 hotlines that you could call we really just want to create a healthy communication we need mm-hmm. i mean a health, healthy environment uh, where people are able to communicate and feel and be and not feel bad about what you feel and be you know and and let me tell you something there's help for everybody there's nothing there's there's no situation out there that you have been through or that you have gone through that you've experienced that you can't get help and you can't heal from. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that you have been through that you cannot heal from if you put in the work to do it. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy because some journeys are a little bit difficult than others. What I'm saying is at any time in your life, you can start. Reach out. Speak up. Say something because you're worth it. Remember, we're here to invest in ourselves. We're here to speak life into ourselves. We're mm-hmm. here to grow and glow. And I want you guys to be the best version of yourself. You guys know I love you. I'm always praying for you. And I thank you once again for tuning in to the All In No Limits podcast where you're always going to find me, your girl, your sister, and your number one motivator because I'm always going to push you to your greatness, okay? It's me, your girl, Shamani Bell. It has been great. It has been wonderful. Happy holidays once again. Yes. I love you guys. Be great. Peace in. Good shit. Good shit.